0: Uh, Thank you for uh, dialing in to uh, talk about life and today we have a very dear friend uh, Tay calling in uh, from Hong Kong and uh, you know uh, the streets of uh, Taiwan and the streets of uh, around there there's a lot of tension but we sha not go into the politics of Hong Kong and Taiwan and China at that point Um, you know there's so much that we're living uh, uh, as an ordinary person you know paycheck to paycheck um you have family problems, challenges, relationships, uh, health issues, money issues, employment, economics. these are things that is so pertinent for us every day going out to the street. you know, and, and my heart goes out to the people um, you know who are now um, uh, in a very uh, critical situation whereby they do not know that their jobs are being kept. And I have my uh, HSBC banker, and she's quite worried that, you know, um, whether she will keep her job and she's hoping that she will keep her job until next year. And she's so young. You know, these kind of things do not hit people and you thought that it will not come to you. But you know, Singapore is facing the biggest crisis and uh, the unemployment rate has gone up. And yesterday, the news has released that. We we actually have an increase in unemployment, more retrenchment to come. is a higher uh, unemployment than two zero zero nine financial crisis. So with that, um, on a very serious note and in a very helpful note, we hope that uh, with Keh sharing um, with his background in entrepreneurship, you know, his entry and then his successful exit uh, in entrepreneurship, uh, we uh, want to hear from him uh, what kind of lessons they have learned and what kind of tips they could give out to uh, people right now. And a little bit of background uh, to Tailing and uh, to the general viewers. Singapore actually has set up this $150 million fund for young entrepreneurs. Young entrepreneurs mean uh, entre- people who have not been an entrepreneur in their life. They can actually apply for $50,000 as the first seat. And then uh, the first three months of salary of $1,500. And that's to help uh, retrench uh, people can't find jobs tied over a very serious uh, unforeseeable economic crisis uh, which is actually uh, you know the effect of this pandemic so with with uh, the wealth of uh, experience that tailing has I, I, it is my honor to invite you again and to sit in to um, talk about life about uh, entrepreneurship tailing could you share with us uh, your background on entrepreneurship
1: how did it start? Uh, okay, sure. I, I think... Um, well, how did it start? It, it started a very, very long time ago. I think the key thing is that uh, I've succeeded as much as I failed. Um, and to be very honest, I think entrepreneurship isn't really suitable for every single person. Um, there are people that are suitable for it and there are people that's not suitable for it. Um, and I think it's important for you to be able to know for yourself, uh, which down deep inside are you really supposed to go for? Um, so maybe just to share a little, I I was an entrepreneur when I was very young. Um, I started being an entrepreneur when I was 27. And that was a case where I already had two businesses before that. So okay. I didn't need two. I had two businesses. At which age and,
0: at which age did you start being an, uh, an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, so, if you, if you go into the longer details of it, uh, I first tried to be a businessman when I was 24. Wow!
0: Um,
1: and actually, I think the idea of it was very good. Um, so, at the point of time, the property market in Singapore was just about to boom. right? And I realized that when the property market was booming, when searching for property, it's very frustrating. Because you can only buy a newspaper and then you can look through the listings, and then after you can see, oh, there's this particular listing that's available, I can call the agent up and then arrange for a viewing, right? Yeah. Which I felt was highly inefficient. Yeah.
2: So at that point of the time, I
1: came up with a, a thought and an idea that what if we are able to ship all of this online? And mm. online people actually have the opportunity to look photos of the property, mm. right? the property price it allows you to search and filter according to what you like it allows you to bookmark and then it allows you to go on a virtual tour of something. now does that remind you of property guru now right so what i actually did then was i thought about it and i felt that the missing link was that because this was just an idea and i've never been a property agent and i've got mm-hmm. and at that age i've never bought property before so to me it's okay how do i know and test whether it can work Uh, because it's just an idea coming up ideas is cheap and easy right and then i spoke to a few friends i managed to get people who's able to develop technology right so i told them i said that if you're able to develop technology i'm happy to have you as a founder but at the end of everything what was really missing was really just the experience of a popular agent which i couldn't find so I thought, okay, should I go and be a property agent for two years before while I'm being a property agent for two years, then I can develop this application. Mm. And I couldn't bring myself to be a agent because I didn't like it. Mm. So with that, that was how my first business failed. It failed before it even started, right? Nothing happened. Uh, my second business was actually a business that was very interesting. It's a dental, dental appointment making platform, right? Wow, so, That happened when I was 26 like, uh, you, wow, are so, I was,
0: you, you are so a man ahead of the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> I,
1: I, think, I think what yeah. And I'm going to do this a little bit later So at 26 um, when, I, when I tried to uh, do it um, I think what first struck me was that there's a lot of people that as part of the employment actually have dental benefits Right, uh, And as part of the dental benefits, actually nobody really bothered to go and yeah. see the dentist. Right? And I wondered why. I was very curious, I wondered why. And I was very lucky, I had a friend whose family member was a dentist. So I said, can I speak to the dentist? Yeah. So I spoke to the dentist and then I realised the reason was a very simple reason. The reason was that the dentist actually had all the records of their patients on paper. That's mm-hmm. problem number one. Yeah. Because on paper, they don't really go through the records. Every six months, oh, they're supposed to go and call the patient and say, oh, it's time for a dental uh, appointment again. Would you like to come um, and how should we do that? So that's CRM, right? So they don't do that. And in the end, because nobody's reminded and nobody does it, nobody goes for dentist's dental appointment. So I all of this can be uh, put on an electrical, electronic mm-hmm. platform, right? And the whole entire thing becomes automated. It becomes a case where everyone who goes to so my target audience were dentists. The dentists sign up for this. It becomes a CRM package that they subscribe to and purchase and use. And then automatically the patients will keep coming back because after a few times, the patients you don't have to do anything. It's an automated system that sends SMS, send WhatsApp messages, and such. Uh, again, we started. Uh, I started that. Uh, it lasted about three months. Yes. Right. Uh, in that 3 months, the first beta version of it was out, and then an investor came and the investor came and said, Oh, I think that was an idea. Uh, let me buy the,
0: company.
1: the condition is that you need to work for it for 3 years. I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. Uh, how much are you willing to buy? Yeah. And the amount that was given to me was $50,000. $50,000. Uh, and that
0: was when you were 26 years old 76. So
1: that was and the first successful buyout. <laughs> it was unsuccessful. unsuccessful. Right? Okay. It was unsuccessful because at 15k I felt that my current salary then I was really earning this. Not even one year of salary. Yeah. It was true. Of salary. true It's really too little for me to sell this. So I refused to sell. Yeah. So I said no. And when I was working on it, uh, along the way we hit stitches and hiccups and such and then the partners that were working on it gave up. So the, the second business failed. again. Yeah. so I think I was lucky with the first business that happened was yeah. uh, zero cents, zero capital investment, it was just nine hours of yeah. yeah. So when all of that happened, um, then that got me to be, um, what should I do for my third business? So mm-hmm. it took me about a year uh, before I decided that Actually I, I like marketing a lot. Why don't I set, set up an advertising agency? Mm. And that was all that was how it started. Like right? my third uh, company I hit it lucky, I got it lucky. Um it was my most successful business. So I had a business plan of how I wanted to do the business. Um and the plan was actually very simple. It first started from an idea, from the idea that it developed into a plan and then uh, it was I was moving towards achieving it. The key thing that I realized now after I've gone through that then is that <coughs> the key issue is not starting a business is really easy, right? Mm. In my first year of me starting my third business, which is cocktail advertising, right? When I started that, um, I actually went for a talk by Prudential. And, and at that point of time, I went for a talk by Prudential. Prudential was talking about wealth management and mm. uh, how do you actually talk about and showing that your business runs well and so on and so forth. Yeah. And while they were doing that, they shared stats that was given by Accra, right? Accra. And Yes, and ACRA shared that out of every four businesses that starts, only one succeeds. So, every time you start a business, there's only a 25% chance
2: mm.
1: that the company will last past the first year. Mm. And I was mm. looking at myself and I was like, okay. I started three and one happened to make it, the other two failed. Okay, now yeah, the set seems pretty aligned. Uh, and then they said uh, So positive. Yes, and one out of five will survive past year three. Past year
0: three. One out of ten yep.
1: will survive past year five. Year five.
0: Four. Yes. About ten.
1: One out of ten. And one out of hundred will survive 10.
0: That's 10.
1: So I think I, I'm pretty lucky. I survived 14 years and it's still running. Even though I, so I ran it for 14 years even though I sold my shares. Right. Um, but I, I think that was where I got my formula right eventually. Right. Um, so that was what I felt. And before starting there were a lot of people that actually came and asked me, you know, uh, actually why do you want to start your business and how do you actually want to go about doing it? And, Aren't you worried about this, this, and this? And to be very honest, uh, I spoke to a person prior to me starting my third business where I decided to take my 200 time job and run the business. Um, my question to him then that I asked is a friend, he started a one-man show uh, doing videography. So I asked him, is it difficult to survive? And his answer to me was the best and full answer. His answer to me was, Surviving is never a problem.
2: Yeah.
1: Can definitely survive. The question is how can you do well? And he has been doing it for about two years. So with that, without even thinking, I just decided, okay, it's time for me to quit my full-time job and let's go all out, you know, all in, right, and do it. Uh and I remember at the point of time when I started the business, um uh, there was no capital. I worked from home, right? Uh, I had nothing but a laptop and I was using pirated software. Right, um, and the very first job that came was a hundred and fifty dollars job. I treated that job like it's worth a million dollars, and from that point on, then that was how I actually started and go And then from from one project it became ten projects. From ten projects it became the value of the projects became bigger. Then I started to be able to hire staff. And actually, what was interesting, like what you mentioned earlier, in two thousand eight, when there was a economical crisis. Uh, actually, that was when I had a, had my biggest expansion mm. then. Right? Uh, because as a small company and you realise right now why a lot of companies are suffering, right? If you look at the global pandemic situation currently, a lot of companies are suffering because they're too big cumbersome. So when they're big, this size, as a yacht you want to navigate, it's a very slow movement.
2: Mm.
1: Right? But if you're small and nimble, like a small team, five people, at this and you want to navigate sure let's move and you can really pivot we talk about pivot it's a a catchphrase now right you can really pivot really fast and at that point in time because i was that small and nimble and when what i realized in that first situation in 2008 is that when the market is not doing well what people do in terms of marketing spam is that they first cut the big agencies like they need to cut budget. I think budget is still need to at work. Yeah. So when they cut budget, companies are not willing to reduce their profit margin because they have very high overheads. Yeah. But small companies like me, I can even charge higher by scaling up. Hmm.
2: So
1: what happens. That means that I'm gaining a lot of market share. So in 2008, actually, I had four staff then. Hmm. Uh, in 2008, I became eight people. In 2009, I became 16 people. Every year, I doubled my headcount. And my revenue doubled, my GP more than doubled. So, so all of that actually helped in all of it. And I think what is key really, that now, currently where I am, I realized my biggest failure then was that at the point that I started, I never thought about how I would end. So I never had a exit strategy. So for anyone who actually wants to start uh, entrepreneurship, I think my mm-hmm. biggest advice is always yeah, think about yeah, it. Yeah.
2: Right?
1: It's very, it's extremely easy to have an idea, right? From the idea then to develop into an action plan, then that's where it becomes a little bit difficult to really. Yeah. But if you have an idea and you develop an action plan and is able to earn some money, right? Then the next thing is what's going to happen next. Mm. I decided to leave in the end because i realized i didn't have an exit strategy
2: Mm.
1: i never thought what would happen i always thought that the company is going to be my life it came to a Mm. point where even though the company was successful i asked myself am i going to be doing this tomorrow again Mm. because i'm at the limit of what i can grow
2: Mm.
1: right unless i thought to investors which i don't have any because i started too young but i didn't have contacts and resources and network where i can reach out to investors right mm-hmm. like the all the all your series, series series a to d funding i've never gone through it before because i didn't know how i didn't know the people to get there as well you did it um,
0: you did it a classic way classical
1: yes i did I did it the a very hardcore grandfather-grandmother method, right? It's through blood and sweat, right? I did it in a particular manner. And you grow and through careful financial management and cash, cash management, how do you actually go about doing it? So that was actually what I did. That I felt was a very key learning point that I had in my life, yeah.
0: I have a... In fact, your, your very uh, broad uh, opening uh, gave me so many things to ask you. Sure, go ahead. Run through my mind. Um, going through the grit and the grind. Okay, picking yourself up. Uh, choosing your first founding team and managing your first founding team. People who are willing to go through the grit and the grind. How do you do that? What are the tips? Number three, you are saying that entrepreneurship is not for everyone. So what are the characters? What the quality is suitable uh, for entrepreneurship. You know, there must be certain things that bling that, hey, this guy is made for it, or this guy I, I, it's going to be really, really hard. Okay, three things. And then, of course, the fourth thing you just mentioned, cash management, uh, turnover. Uh, and that is the nitty-gritty of uh, the business management uh, part of it. You know, the first few is really the entrepreneurship part. And then, of course, after that, we got so many more questions like how do you manage your clients as a small company, this and the big giants with big broad brand names and how do you muscle them out? I think that's very dramatic. And then also, um, uh, like you say, uh, how do you actually uh, uh, grow? Do you want to pump in you know, more money into the company? Do you want to draw up money or do you want to expand your money? So these are certain things that as a boss, as, a, as an owner, you have to struggle with decision where is the balance point of the risk management you know, a lot of things even in a very short uh, story you know so much things come to my mind and it has it must have been uh, uh, drama and also real entrepreneurs right like, like you say uh, they have to walk through that fire um, it's not something that a teacher can I mean you know entrepreneurship a teacher can teach in a class with a textbook you know a textbook okay entrepreneurship number one bootstrapping number two fundraising number three seven slides to success you know but it is really going through the fire to really see like these are the things that is real on the ground Um, you know so much things I want to ask from you so one of the things one off I want to ask from, from you is that you talked about entrepreneurship is not for everyone what do you think um, the, like, inner characteristics that someone have will actually um, kind of, like, give them the edge that, okay, they will succeed if they have these qualities. And I'm not saying that without these, you won't succeed. I'm just saying that with the particular characteristics, you may have the edge better. What, what do you think these are?
1: Right, I think, um, let me start first in terms of what I think an uh, entrepreneur should actually have. Like, um, I think the key is that a lot of entrepreneurs start because they started with a wrong starting point. Okay. So what do I mean by a wrong starting point? Yeah. They start because I want financial freedom, I want time freedom. Mm. are always the two key reasons why a lot of people start a business. And that becomes a motivating factor then okay with that let me try to find ideas and then let me see how i can get funding and bootstrapping and so on and so forth so that's right. Right. Um, to be very honest uh, entrepreneur and you can go and ask any entrepreneur time freedom not really no right not really uh, a lot of entrepreneurs i know um, they are at the back and call on their phone all the time Am <laughs> uh, I call, a client call, technical client. problems?
0: 24-7 24-7, yes.
1: Yeah. Like, time freedom? Mm, not really. Financial freedom? Oh, come on. <laughs> like, when a company has no money to
2: start,
1: it comes off the a to give to them. Um, is that an eventual end state? Um, you might be able to get, perhaps? Uh, actually, in one of the talks that I had recently with uh, ad agency boss. So, the ad agency boss was asking me, right, uh, in terms of my retirement plans. And he was saying that, no, don't you think it's easier for you to retire with a bigger sum of money when you are uh, an entrepreneur? I said, no. I started thinking that I will retire easier, faster, with more money as an entrepreneur. It was only when I saw my uncle. Then I realized, no, you can actually retire faster, better, stronger if you're employed. As an employee, you need to be able to climb really fast. So if they're talking about a, a same person who is equally uh, strong, right? A very typical, powerful type A person. If they're asking me should the person be an employee or employer, I'll tell you the person should be an employee, employee. Right? Unless you're like a monk, like a cylinder, right? Or, or other kind of famous uh, founders of sorts where they are able to create everything from scratch and mm-hmm. then create something and create listed. Majority of us are not that kind of person. They're not that mm-hmm. great, right? Majority mm-hmm. of us are probably your typical businessman. perhaps. For mm-hmm. you to go to a listed company, extremely hard, yeah. right? So that, compared to you being a uh, uh, employee, now nah, I'm sorry, I think an employee has less stress, significantly yeah. less stress. And that's, I think, that is the starting point of the kind of characteristics that I think I point an entrepreneur should really have.
2: Mm. But
1: um, when you talk about earlier, you, you mentioned how and what kind of person are suitable for an entrepreneur. Right? From my point of view, it's mm. really a case where uh, an entrepreneur needs to have this enormous drive within the person. Right.
0: Enormous drive. Yes.
1: Um, I think speaking about myself, I'm like all humans, I, I go through ups and downs. Mm. There are times in which I get extremely happy, there are times in which I get demotivated. Um, but what i realized the key difference between myself and my peers is that my period of time that I'm demotivated is extremely short.
2: Mm.
1: I go through a very hard and difficult day day. And after today, where I'm extremely sick of what I'm going through, a lot of people, that period could last a week or more. I realized that for myself, it typically lasts about 24 hours or less. So it's really short. So, it happens, when I sleep on it. The next morning, I say, okay, come on, let's go. Go get it again, right? What can we do today to try to make things happen? Um, the kind of energy, it's not easy. Yep. Right. And as an entrepreneur, really, I think you go through a lot of problems uh, that's unexpected. Uh, if you like things to be less systematic, right, uh, to be extremely predictable, then again entrepreneurship isn't really successful for you. Mm. Because there are times when I face right where I need internet and Sintel just calls me and say I'm sorry we made an appointment but my guy is not coming today. Sorry, you just can't upload your spouse on the internet. These are silly things that happens that you face. And how do you actually go about solving it? Right, uh, you need to have in cartridges to pin out something because you have an important tender document to submit There's going in cartridges, right? And you forgot to clean it up. And are you going to copy it onto a uh, home drive and change your schedule and bring it out to a printer shop to print or are you going to be able to go next door and say, hey? Hello, neighbor, can I borrow your printer? These are the kind of things that I think, as a very small startup,
2: you need to be prepared
1: for. But not prepared for all these and you can't bring yourself to do it. I I would strongly suggest you never try. And also, if you talk about mindset, um, a lot of people talk about, Oh, uh, I need to prevent failure. As an entrepreneur, it's important to know how to prevent failure. Uh, because it's my business, it's extremely important. Uh, having gone through that journey, I, I actually think hopefully otherwise. Right? I think it's important to fail fast. Right? What's important is, whatever that you start, in the shortest amount of time, you need to fail. Because after you fail, you are then able to learn yeah. and then you can read and yeah. Because if you don't fail, you'll never learn. right? And then you'll be under this illusion that, oh, everything is sunny and nice, right? Mm-hmm. And then it finally feels they're going to be really mm-hmm. hard. So as an entrepreneur, I think one of the key lessons that have learned is always about building class. So back to, back to your question on choosing founding team. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: there's different strategies of how you go about doing that. Right? Some people uh, decide that my founding team should have different skill sets that I have or have different skills that I have. There are some people that decides that my team, the skills doesn't matter, it really is just about uh, the attitude and the character matching that I have. I think whatever it is, the key thing again for any budding entrepreneur is really to consider. What actually is your philosophy of life? What is your philosophy of the company? If you're not able to answer that question, then you're probably not ready again for what is your founding member type? Mm-hmm. So for myself, what I chose then that I was very clear about is that I don't like to deal with money and I don't like money to destroy relationships but I know in my business, actually money is one of the problems that will always happen. So when I started my founding team belonged how I chose my founding team was really a case of I, I look for people that I know on a financial front i can trust 200 so that was actually my only criteria right? i had no other fighting no skills that's fine because i believe also you know one of the things that jack ma said right hire people that's better skilled than you mm. and so to me it's i can trust the founding team and the founding team is aligned to your particular vision then from there subsequently whatever that you lack can be hired so long as you're willing to put in that So, I think those are some of the things that I would suggest, in terms of how you would consider your accounting team. Cash management and um, cash flow. I think in business, cash is king, right? Um, What I did then was really a case where you always had one year of reserves. So, we looked at how, like, for example, in 2010, whatever they earned in 2010 doesn't touch. We don't touch it because it's kept as reserves for twenty eleven. Uh, then when it goes to twenty twelve, whatever that you earned in twenty eleven becomes your capital uh, reserves, and then twenty ten becomes a bonus payout that you are then able to touch. So every year we always keep about one month or uh, one year of, of reserves, and that one year of reserves should at least last us about some six months uh, in terms of overheads and such. So those are just I think these theories are theories that's very easy to catch and read in the channel. And such, this information is really available. Um, Last but not least, I think really it's a case of how you can really try to pick yourself up. Uh, And I like to share this story, I think it's quite interesting. I I shared earlier on my three businesses, right? The third business, when I started, um, the idea was a very nice idea. I wanted, that was when I realized that, oh, there's a, a lot of companies that have to do other reports. They are public listed. The annual reports that they have to do, uh, because the internet is actually just starting, what if are able to do an e annual report?
0: Right? So you realize that at
1: the I was really constantly thinking about technology. Right? So if I can bring the storytelling into an e annual report, then the experience can become more immersive. And when it's more immersive, people may be able to pay for it and I could reduce costs because now I don't have to print. So while the quality can improve, my, my GP will Improve, but at the same time I'm helping the business to save money. So that was oh, my thinking. Yeah. So
0: that's why this is one of the questions. And I can see that your you know your three businesses are actually quite diverse.
1: Yeah. So one, exactly.
0: but, one thing, yeah but one thing that, that comes up is that you are able to see through that crowd. You're able to see through that very um, diverse uh, random Uh, market out there which is in such a mess and then you're able to sieve out certain problem that you can actually help to solve and that's a very niche solution you're providing looking at the first, second and the third uh, business that you started, right? Um, Is there any way that someone can train themselves in looking at um, a differentiated service or differentiated product on the marketplace.
1: Sure, I'll share a bit. I'll share a bit that later. Um, so back to what I was talking about yeah. in terms of my business, right? Mm. On the first day that I registered the business, mm. I discovered that you cannot. There's no such thing as an online annual report because the government ruling is that annual report must be hard the end of the day.
2: So
1: immediately, my first business <laughs> crushed in the same <laughs> day.
0: On the same day?
1: Honestly, After that, I for so long. Yes. yes. So I was like, and that day, really, I, I still remember. Um, I heard I heard about it, I verified it. And I was very down and then I went to NTU because I graduated from NTU. I went to NTU, one of the halls and I sat there and I watched people play football the whole entire day. And I started daydreaming and thinking, what can I do this? A lot of people, we go back to entrepreneurship, uh, a lot of people were like, okay, that's fine, let's give up. I think you need to have that never die spirit, you want to keep trying, because problems will always have. but it's not how you actually solve the problems. So back to what you said earlier uh, in terms of problems, Um, I think one of the key characteristics that I've seen in a lot of resumes, because I interview a lot of people, uh, all of them will indicate that, oh, I'm a problem solver, right, that's one of my characteristics. Uh, I think if you look at employment from now and beyond,
2: yep.
1: Yep. problem solver is now the given. Sorry, everyone needs to be a problem solver. If you not a problem solver, you're going to be a problem solver. <laughs> is that can you be yeah. a problem, problem so I, supporter?
0: Problem solver Again? Problem
1: supporter. Supporter spotter. spo oh, spot. The
0: spot the problem. Okay.
1: Yes, random spotter. So I realized that first job. I yeah. was like, very blessed. Uh, and I'm not about where I am now in Hong Kong as well as where I was in Singapore. Like Singaporeans and Hong Kongers are actually extremely big complainers about everything. Okay, right? Complainers. Nice. The queue is too long. Yep. Yeah. It's too small, the aircon is too hot. The why is the government doing this We're not doing that we Every single thing. Yeah.
2: In my very first job,
1: um, what I thought was very interesting is that there was a scheme that he created of the management created, which is called the staff suggestion scheme. Staff
0: suggestion scheme.
1: Yes. So what it did was that um they make use of the fact that people like to complain mm. but they don't want to stop at complaining they want you to, mm. after you, you see the problem now you look what's the solution mm. so perhaps because I was an engineer right spotting problems was very easy for me I, I'm a very big complainer oh, the light is not bright enough why is the working hours this hour why do we have to tap in why do we not tap in why is the light not on when there's nobody there when all of this happens then you start thinking okay if I don't want the light to be switched on, if I'm to imagine how can I get light switched on, or what if I can implement a motion sensor? Right? A motion sensor, what, what if it can be voice command? So these are things that you start reading, finding, getting yeah, the knowledge and you start implementing. Look at it. If you am going to implement a solution that's uh um, to implement, then it becomes a piece where management will not implement. So what was interesting as an incentive that they did then, for every suggestion that you make, you earn Singapore $2, very little, right? It's just a token sum, $2. Uh, for every suggestion that was implemented, so if you suggest
2: you get
1: $2, if it's implemented, I can't remember how much you get, you get like maybe another $10? Yeah. About. Um, that actually inculcated in me a uh, uh, culture of spotting and finding a solution that can function. And I'm actually quite proud about it, because uh, in, the, in my very first job, I was actually the top star suggestion scheme writer. <laughs> uh, I suggested about 300 to 400 suggestions a year. Right? And one year, I actually earned, you look at $2 and $10 is very little money, right? Yeah. One year, I about 2 to
0: $3,000. Wow! And that was when you were really young, right?
1: When I was twenty-five. Twenty-five, right?
0: 25.
1: So Yeah, so I, I think Amazing. that really got you to that got you to start thinking and that started into a, a current issue. I mean like right now. There are problems that appear, okay I recognise first the problem and what's the problem from problem I start thinking about how do I solve it. Let me give you the current example that I have, right? Uh, I have a team of seven at this moment. In that team of seven, I have one person who is a creative designer. Mm. Uh, she just tendered and her last day is uh, next Wednesday. Mm. right? And because of where the office is situated right now, mm. uh, it's at a very rural area in Hong Kong. So a lot of people don't like to come here because it's very inconvenient. It takes very long time to travel here. So if you put it, it in Singapore context, it's like at class. Right? Nobody likes to go to fast to work, everybody likes to go to Shenton to work. Um, and when that happened, I think the key then is how do we actually go about solving it? Because we now have a gap, because you need to hire a designer, but the problem is really a case where there's no designers that want to come, how do we actually solve this? <laughs> right? So when I look at the situation, then I started thinking, okay. What COVID has taught me is that a lot of us are actually now using video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams, Zooms, or whatsoever and if that's the case, that means that I can actually communicate with person, to a person uh, online easily and that also means that the person don't even need to be in, uh, where I am So I started to expand my area from, from new territories, I expanded to within Hong Kong Can I find somebody within Hong Kong at this price? Then I I managed to find somebody and then I asked myself if I can find this person at this price in within Hong Kong what if I can find a better quality person out of Hong Kong at the same price? Then I started reading, right? When I started reading then I realised oh, government is right now Singapore government is actually giving uh, funding to encourage you to hire locals, right? So encouraging you to hire locals uh, I think the the qualification is below 4000 you get 25% subsidy, above 4000 is I think 50% subsidy, yeah, subsidy. something along that. Right. And then I reached out to a Singapore local company and said, what if I'm able to help you create a win situation where you start a creative department now. You hire your designer, I become your client. Wow.
0: So my money... Reverse, reverse engineer.
1: The money is then outsourced to him and now all of a sudden he is able to ex- expand scope because he can earn more but, and while expanding he actually has a reduction in risk because of government subsidy because of my investment
2: mm-hmm.
1: he can actually start um, hiring two people instead of initially one of
2: yeah.
1: and there's no cost to him in that sense
2: mm-hmm. and when
1: I when I muted the idea to, to the company, the company without even thinking twice, just said okay we are in Right. And then that's how you solve problems, right? So I think these are like design thinking, these are also thinking out of the box on how do you actually go about solving problems. And I think entrepreneurs need to have that kind of skill set. I think it's important criteria for them to have.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's really about, um, number one, you, you are engineer by training. But I think yeah. you also have your your own personality and, and you are a very resourceful person you never have anything that says no to you you do not want a situation to say no to you anyone or anybody because you can find your way out yeah, yeah. that is one of the very important um characteristic or criteria for an entrepreneur right i mean people who really want to um you know, not only like find opportunities, but when opportunities are shut in your face, how do you navigate your way? Isn't it?
1: Uh, again, uh yes and no. Yes and no. I think there are entrepreneurs that's men at different stage. Different stage. I come down to the kind of entrepreneur that I'm very good at breaking down walls.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So at the very startup stage where everything is bootstrapped and such, I'm a very strong person there. There are also other people that's very good at the growth stage, but right? everything is stable. From the from stable, how do I expand? Yeah. So very few people are. Oh, I right? I belong more to the give me a or, or find my way to get around the wall, right? Not everyone is that way. So I, I think the key is um that i shared again with some people. I I think uh as your founding team, right, It's important to recognize and respect each other, right? You have your strength, and your strength is what I respect. Similarly, I have my strength, and my strength is what I wish for you to respect. So be very clear about that and respect each other. And of course, I think that's the basis of how you can actually go.
0: So, this uh, ends our first part of our entrepreneurship. Thank you so much, Um, Ling. um Okay, just a minute.